Hey fam, it's time to have a moment of reflection. What's up y'all? It's your girl, Tanisha Johnson, aka TJ Self-Care. I hope you have been having an amazing week. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about red flags and friendships. Red flags and friendships. So, this is the one that I um, was asked to do. I want to start that off. (laughs) Um, I am blessed right now. All my friendships are doing very well. And I'm going to share with you why. Um, And even the ones that aren't, um, I am grateful for what they taught me and I wish them the best of luck in life and I'm gonna tell you why they're not but this was actually a topic that someone dm me and they were like like I always tell you guys I'm no stranger okay Instagram Facebook I'm on TikTok don't message me on TikTok though because I'm still trying to figure out TikTok I barely be on there but my but my bread and butter is Instagram. If you don't have an Instagram account, message me at Tanisha, T-A-N-E-S-H-I-A at tjselfcare.com and I'll get back to you. I will put that link in this bio too so that you can see it. But uh, someone messaged me and said, hey Tanisha, I'm going through a lot of hardships in my friendships. You have always mentioned, you know, that you have overcome this. Is this something that you can talk about on the episode? So I said, yes, of course. So Lakeisha, if you are listening to this episode, hey girl, hey. <laughs> so I got your message um, and I'm excited to talk about this episode with you. So when it comes to friendships... Okay, well, first off, let me just catch you up to speed. If you missed last week's episode, if you are wanting to truly have action steps on how to focus on you, then you need to go back to that. So we've been talking a lot about just kind of ridding our lives of things, you know, decluttering, ways to heal, ways to communicate, you know, ways to get over heartbreaks. We've been having a good time, okay? And last week we talked about how to really start focusing on ourselves. So this week's topic, friendships are challenging and hard. And I really tried to figure out a way to explain this, um, you know, in, in terms that, could really break down, you know, like what happens and also so that you could feel good about what's going on for you right now because I've been there. So I'm going to give a couple of scenarios, you know, uh, so that I can support everybody. Now, when we look at, okay, what is a friend, right? This is something where we all have different definitions of what we need in a friend, right? But I want you to think about your personal definition of a friend. Right. And then I'm going to tell you mine. So the definition of a friend is someone who is there in addition as extra support to family members, you know, and your significant other. Those of us who have older children, 
they are in addition to those older children. Okay. So I just want to start off by, by saying that. Because I feel like even within friendships, we really have to understand what this friend really is. Okay, that is a friend. That is extra support outside of our family, outside of our significant other. So now within this additional support, what general things that we find that we do with friends is, you know, activities together, you know, hanging out, going places, you know, going, experiencing new things, going to concerts, going to museums, you know, um, shopping. Um, Several times this will be a person that maybe we talk to on the phone, you know, occasionally or frequently, you know, to catch up and engage and those type of things. Um, a friend is also someone that occasionally gives us some form of like physical support, you know, that could be helping us move, you know, from house to house or, you know, coming to our home and helping us cook or helping us babysit our children or, you know, those type of things. A friend is also someone that might even, you know, support you monetarily, you know, you may be able to borrow money from this person or you may have a friend that has extra. So they just in a situation where they can give you money, you know, whatever, whatever. Right. So the, the so this is the general box. <laughs> this is a general box. OK, this is a person that you possibly spend. Let's say in a month, you might spend 10 to 30 hours with this person. And we're talking about phone and in person and texting, right? So now let's talk about people like me and you who did not necessarily have that set in stone support system in our family. And we were lucky enough, we were blessed enough to be able to meet people in our life and now these people have become like ongoing friendship slash family. Okay, I'm spelling that with F-R-A-M-I-L-Y because that's why I call my friends. Um, they've become family. Um, and this is where things get a little blended. Okay. And oftentimes we do not set healthy boundaries with our friends if you are codependent and people pleaser i would bet 99.9 percent that that is due to you feeling possibly rejected or abandoned by this person if you do not function in the way that they want you to or at least the way that you always have in the friendship right now what we see happening most of the time is when we are active in our quote-unquote codependent crazy ways, we are we can't see everything that we do, right? We are overgiving, we're oversharing, we are giving too much of our time, we're giving too much of ourselves, really. We're getting too involved in this other person's life, right? From that dynamic, what then happens is 
the relationship shifts and it no longer becomes a space where you feel supported and cared for and you want to hang out with this person and you want to see this person and enjoy life, it becomes more like an obligation. It becomes more like something you have to do. Now, for those who are listening to this episode and are saying, well, Tanisha, I really look at my my family, I mean, my friends, like an extended family, then maybe I'm not talking to you. But for those of us who love our friends deeply, but notice that we get too involved in their life, you need to keep listening. So what ends up happening, right, in this dynamic where we're, you know, la, 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 friends to the end, you know, type mindset, we are going day to day, hour to hour in this person's life. Now, I say hour to hour because, so let me just say this. I grew up in the 80s, the early 80s, okay? When I was in high school, so cell phones was new. That's what I'm trying to say. When I was in high school, we had what they call a track phone, okay? I know I'm dating myself right now, but we had a track phone. And when you wanted to have put some, you had to put minutes on your phone. So we wasn't able to do this texting and stuff like that. Even back in the day before the track phones came out or the prepaid phone, I had a, the one I had specifically was called track phone. Okay. Shout out to track phone, but prepaid phones. That's what I'm trying to say. We had prepaid phones. Even before the prepaid phones, we had pagers. Okay. Now, I don't know, especially people in other countries, I don't know if that was like a United States thing. Maybe let me know in the comments, you know, help help me, you know, be less ignorant. <laughs> so I haven't traveled to a lot of places and I've never lived in another country. So I don't know if other countries had pagers or not, but we had what we call pagers. Now, a text message was I mean, the closest thing we had to be able to send a message was the pager. Because you couldn't do nothing with the, with the prepaid phones except call people. But now, it's like people got 24 access to us all the time. And for you iPhone people, because I'm on the Android team. For the iPhone people, people even know when you read the message. I mean, I think if somebody has an Android, they can tell when I read the message. But what I'm getting at is there is absolutely no privacy. There is no moment to just be like, I want to be by myself right now. I love you, friend. I know you have a lot going on, but I I just need to sit in my woosah and figure out what I'm going to do. There's no conversations. You can't do that no more. Because everybody know when you looked at the message, people look at got access to your to your Facebooks and Instagram. I'll never forget one time I had a friend tell me, well, Instagram said that you were still up. And I said, What in the world? Girl, <laughs> if this I understand you just broke up with your man, but that is not at twelve o'clock in the in the morning. That is not a concern that I can support right now. Okay, catch me in eight hours after I didn't got some sleep. Don't worry about what I'm doing on Instagram. And first off, I wasn't on Instagram, but let me not, you know, let me not divert, uh, okay? Tanisha, stay focused. So what I'm trying to say is we don't have no privacy no more. 
So that's why I'm saying this person got 24 access to you all the time. And we are too involved in each other's lives. I know we love each other. I know we care about each other. But I don't need to know, okay, what my friend is doing 24-7. I won't say I don't have a desire, but it's like I don't... You could just catch me up when we meet. I'm that kind of person. I would rather spend more face-to-face time, which I would rather spend... And I have done this, by the way. I would rather spend four to five hours with a friend catching up than you or or our call once a week catching up then you sending me text messages all day that is not speaking from an annoying side that's speaking from an anxious side within me when people calling me texting me i'm thinking something wrong so my automatic thought is oh let me get to the phone let me let this person know i care about them let me try to get you know, let me try to read it. Let me try to whatever as soon as I can. So for me, if it's not something pressing that you got to tell me, just go ahead and hit me up, you know, call me that night or the next day or whatever. I'm that type of person, but you may not be. You have to find what works for you. But we need to get better at setting healthy boundaries. I say this because this is generally what causes friendships to fall apart. We don't have boundaries. You know, we are allowing this person to invade our privacy. And when I say invade our privacy, I mean, you know, we sitting at dinner with our family and, you know, with our family, this person calling, we feel like we got an answer. Now, this don't have nothing to do with them per se. But this is healthy boundaries that you have to set with them that could, unfortunately, impact the friendship, okay? Now, when we start to define, okay, well, what are healthy boundaries in a friendship? Everybody's is different. But I will give you just a little, you know, a a little starter kit, okay? The first one is you do need to have a conversation with yourself about how often you want to hear from these friends. And be honest. If it's only once a week, don't try to force yourself to be like, well, you know, I'm probably... No. Listen to your gut. We need to learn to trust it, trust ourselves. And as I speak to you, I'm speaking to me. We got to learn how to trust ourselves. If the first response come up to your head is once a week, then that's what it is. You only want to hear from this person or these friends once a week. There's nothing wrong with that. But you have to go through your checklist of friends, either writing it down physically or maybe just doing it in your head, whichever one works good for you. You have to ask yourself, how often do I want to hear from this person? How much time in a month do I want to spend with this person? What are some activities that I want to do with this person? And it could be something simple like, I just love to talk on the phone with my friend, you know, uh, for two, three hours a day and laugh and joke and crack up about the day. Okay. So then you add that up. So it's three hours. That's 12 hours a month, right? And I'm I'm getting to why I'm so rigid about this, okay? Just hold on. So once you do that, then that's when it's time to look at what you have to do 
for yourself and your family and the people that rely on you. Now, I want you to compare these lists. Now, FYI, to the people that like to fast forward or you may have to go, don't miss this part because this is the meat and potatoes right here. This is what you clicked on this episode for. The reason why I'm asking you to compare that list is because if the amount of hours you want to spend or you feel like you need to spend with your friends is longer than the amount of time of the things that you have to do for yourself, we got to relook at these lists. Because what this is what ends up happening. We lose, if you want to know, we lose friends because we are not for sure and certain about the things that we have to do for ourselves. We do not prioritize self first and we spend too much time inserting our life in our inserting our life in our friends' lives. Sometimes that insert looks like us. Sometimes it's them pulling us in. Whatever it is, we spending too much time figuring out or being involved in what they have going on. And we're not looking at what we have to do for us. What do we have to do? And when you look at that list, and let's say, for example, you know, I don't know how many friends you have, and I don't know how many hours you put on there, okay? But if you got something like 150 hours, and I'm talking about friends, I'm not talking about family members you spend all your time with, I'm not talking about, you know, cousins, second, third, and fifth cousins, I'm talking about people that you do not share the same blood with. If you got 150 hours on that side and you got 300 some hours on your side, then we got a problem. You need to look at every single thing that you have to do. If you have children, how much time do you want to spend with your children? You know, if you really could be that parent that was there consistently, like you want to be, what would that look like? What would your day look like? How many hours do you be at work? If you have a significant other or a spouse, you need to incorporate bonding and connecting with that person and having sex with that person. Because a lot of y'all not doing that consistently and that also causes problems. But that's another episode, okay? But it's like, how often do you want to bond, talk, connect, watch TV, hold hands, take showers, have sex, do all the things with your significant other or your spouse? And then, I mean, and you, Where's your journaling? Where's your prayer? Your walking? Maybe you like to go shopping by yourself. Maybe you like to go to the grocery store without your kids every now and again if you have kids. Maybe you like to look up recipes. Maybe you like to spend an hour before you go to bed just scrolling through TikTok or Instagram. Or watching your favorite uh, YouTube. Or listening to your favorite podcast. Now, once you got all that down, 
all that down. Your time for you, your time for your family, your spouse, your job, or if you're in school, school, whatever you got going on, or whatever you do, you know, to during the day, okay? Once you've done all that, how many hours is that per day? And then you add that up times 30. That should be higher than the amount of time you want to spend with your friends. It should either balance out or it should be higher. But if you have prioritized friends before you prioritize the things you have to do for yourself, then we have to look at this, you know, this now there's no shade here. You know, I'm open to all of it. Maybe just maybe you are in a season where you have more time for friends. So this is what you're doing because that happens. Maybe you're not in a relationship right now. Maybe you're not working right now. Maybe you don't have kids in this particular moment right now. So you have extra time. Okay. We can work with that. That's no problem. You know, however, even if that's your case, I want to ask you, one, have you done the things that you need to do for yourself first? And then two, When you spend time with these friends, we're talking about genuine good times. Now, yes, you know, there will be moments where everything is falling apart and our friends need our support. They need our kindness. They need our love. They may need us to just listen to them as they cry. I'm I'm not uh, I'm not trying to to shun any of those things because that's real life. Okay. But what I am saying is we need to be able to recognize when it feels like, okay, I'm too involved in this person's life. So what does that look like? When you start to feel resentful, when you see their name pop up on the phone and there's no longer any form of excitement, that is a, that, that, that's a red flag, Okay. That's a red flag. When you feel like you don't know where you begin and this other person ends, that's a red flag. When you feel yourself tired when you talk to them or just knowing that you're getting ready to talk to them or see them, that's a red flag. When you say a few words, and they take over the rest of the conversation, that's a red flag. And for codependence in particular, please don't miss this. Because Lord knows I have missed this so many times. We are so, we feel so comfortable being in that role of giving advice, you know, giving support, listening to people's problems, because we don't know. You know, we don't know how to insert ourselves. Some of us are still learning what that looks like. Some of us are even still learning what it looks like to even think about ourselves. Because we don't know. Our whole life has been based upon somebody else, right? So 
when you think about that, what I don't want you to miss is how does this person include you in the conversation? Say, for example, I'm going to give you a, a breakdown, you know, and this is something that happened to me some years ago, too. I went to dinner with a friend and, you know, she was going through it, but so was I. Right. And I said, OK, I'm just going to say one thing and I'm going to see what she does. So when we met up, I said, hey, so and so, how you doing? And she was like, oh, I'm doing okay. And I said, well, how's everything at the new job? That it took her one hour to finish answering that question. So once she finished answering the question, I said, oh, okay. I said, well, you know, I I got some stuff, you know, going on in my job too. I don't know if I should stay there, but you know, I'm trying to figure it out. That reverted back to her. I know exactly what you mean. I'm trying to figure out if I should stay here because so-and-so and so-and-so and so, right? Now, this was about what? <sighs> My dad had just passed away. So this was about five years ago. So I didn't necessarily, even back then, you know, I, I still, I was still at a, a point where I was, be, I was able to look at people for who they really are, but I still was trying to, I still didn't know how to like word it and insert myself. But this is what I want you to do, because this is what I do now. When somebody does that, you know, you say something, it takes them 20 minutes to to get done and then you try to insert yourself again and then they say something else that's when we point it out you got a lot going on today so and so because i can't get a word in i want to tell you about so and so and so and then they may say so oh well i'm sorry or oh duh, 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 or oh and, you know and that's when you say it's okay you know i just figured we should probably talk about it because you have a lot going on today and I love you and I'm open to us talking about you. I just wanted to, to let you know that you're doing it, right? So now if you really want to go for the gusto, <laughs> okay, I don't know how much you know this person, but if you, if you really want to be like Tanisha, no, I'm ready to learn. I'm ready to live differently. That's what you should do. First time they do it, it's like, okay, everybody anxious. Everybody got a lot going on. But when you insert yourself and then they turn it back around on themselves again. And I'm not talking about you say something, they listen to you for like two, three minutes. They give you a little bit of advice and then it goes to them. That's kind of still normal. I'm talking about you say something and then they connect it instantly and be like, oh, yeah, because so and so and so and so with me. And then we back down they road again. That's what I'm talking about. When that happens, it's time for you to say something. And say it in love, clear. I tell my clients, remember the three C's. The three C's, clear, concise, and with compassion, okay? Be clear. You know, you have had a hard day because you keep talking about you. That's clear. You're telling them. You actually even helping them acknowledge some of their feelings. Then you're saying, I love you and I'm okay with us doing this 
because I can see that you need me. I just want to make sure, I just want to let you know that you're doing this. And I have something to talk about as well, but we could talk about that next time because I can see that you need me, right? And the compassion is you saying, hey, you got a lot going on. So I'm okay. I'm okay with it, right? Now, if this is a person who is also very... um you know, very self-aware of their own behavior patterns and trying to heal just like you, then what should happen is the person should apologize and then automatically be like, I'm sorry, I've been talking too long. Let's talk about you. But if this is somebody who is still not aware of it or who may be the friend that really needs that type of support in their friendships, then, you know, you may not... You know, you may just get a sorry and then you say it's okay and then they go right back to talking about themselves. We never know what we're going to get in these type of dialogues. But what we do know is with this healthy communication, okay, thing, things can things can shift, right? So that is the first scenario. The second scenario is the friends that come to you that appear to be very loving, giving, and I'm not saying they're not, but we have to be mindful of trauma bonding, okay? Because many of us, you know, we meet people when we're going through it, we are in the thick of our depression, or we're in the thick of trying to figure out our next steps, and then here come this person out the blue, and, you know, we trying to support them. You know, they're even supporting us. We're supporting each other, really. And we trying to get through this hard time together. And once we get through the hard time, we acknowledge that we don't really know who this person is. We don't know who they are. They don't know who we are. Sometimes they sometimes if you're on your healing journey and they're not or they're not as as uh f- further along as you are, they may not even know themselves. And now we're in a situation where we've spent years connecting with this person, bonding with this person. Ah, listen, I when I saw when I saw the person ask me to do this episode I almost didn't do it because I'm going through something very similar right now myself. Because I was just like, this person want me to talk about this? Why, Lord? Um, But it's probably because I'm going through it too, so I can relate, you know. But it's trauma bonding. And I don't, some, you know, you do your own research on it, okay? Some researchers, uh, you know, say that a trauma bonded friendship can never really truly be authentic and, um, you know, have the same qualities and attributes as a genuine friendship, you know, would of somebody that you just meet and connect with and, you know, engage with or whatever. I don't necessarily believe that. However, um, I do believe that if the person is not open to 
truly um like changing and understanding like who they are and how they show up in the world and how this is impacting their friendships and probably all of their relationships because remember when I was telling you it's not just you you know it's not just you this person is you know their behavior is impacting all their relationships um if they are somebody that can't really see that though uh, it's a slim to slim to none chance. And I, and I hate to say stuff like that, but I also have to be honest with you, you know, cause if the person ain't even aware of how, what they're doing is impacting, you know, you, then, you know, it, it may never really be a friendship where you feel truly connected, you know, like you have a friend and it sucks. Trust me when I, trust me when I say, okay, I know. It sucks because, you know, you be done spent time, you be done invested energy. Listen, I, I be mad. You know, I, I caught myself a lot of times in life where I just see red because and I start envisioning people with black eyes and busted heads. <laughs> And that's when I know that I have invested too much time and I have not set boundaries in this in this friendship, right? And another thing about a trauma-bonded friendship is you don't really know the person. You just know what they're going through. So they connecting with you, you connecting with them, and y'all just sharing the trauma stories. But when you finally get out of it, Right. And and let me share this too. The most of the time there's us because remember, it can't be a codependent relationship without a dependent. And you already know your role. You the codependent. You know. Now there are, you know, there are some people who are codependent who have dependent, you know, attributes. So so some people say. Me personally, after living this life, after coaching hundreds of clients, there's generally a codependent and a dependent. Codependents do not have dependent ways. We have codependent ways. We have co-dependent ways, okay? The friendship is codependent even if it's a trauma bond because you are the friend who, yes, is going through it and having a hard time. They see you going, the dependent friend sees you going through it. They see you having a hard time and they also see your resiliency. They also see that even though your situation may be worse than theirs, you are somehow still managing to come out on the other side. So they attach to you. Notice I didn't say connect. They attach. They attach to you. For one, because dependent people are generally people who have never truly really taken care of themselves. They've always had support, whether it be emotional, physical, financial, something. Because that's how they live. They like parasites. 
They attach to people. It's a survival skill. They find people who appear to have things going on and they attach to them. Now, many of us say, well, you know, Tanisha, that's innocent and all of us do that. Da, 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 da. Let me break down the difference for you. When codependence, first off, we don't trust people. Keep it real with yourself. We don't trust people to truly come through and help us. So we will figure out a way to do what we got to do for ourselves. Now, when will we go and connect? We connect with people. We don't attach. We connect with people to help us meet our goals. Now, one thing we will do sometimes, though, is once we reach the goal, the connection is done. All right, thank you very much. I'm gone. But that's not from a using standpoint. That's from a standpoint of most of the time, we don't really feel like people want to get to know us anyway. That's our self-worth. We don't feel like people genuinely care about us anyway. So here this dependent person is now. They are attaching to us. They have helped us, yes. But the difference is, it is not a healthy support. The support is, I'm going to do this for you because I know when I do this for you, you will help me. That's different than what we do. We connect with people. We we go to connect. Hey, how you doing? Okay, you're doing this. I'm doing this. Oh, okay. Well, how did you figure out this? Oh, all right. Wow. Well, thank you so much. Well, if there's anything I could do, you know, let me know. That's not how they come in. They come in, hey, how you doing? Or that classic line, hey, sis. <laughs> I ain't never going to trust that shit again. <laughs> hey, sis. They come in attaching. And then after they attach to you, for us, the codependents, they really think don't nobody really care about us. We thinking, oh, wow, this person is so nice. Person is so sweet. Da-da-da. Life goes on now. And you know, you and this person, la-la-la, friends to the end. And you on your healing journey, they on their healing journey, you doing life, they doing life. And for you, you hit just hitting these mile, you hitting these self-awareness my, my, uh, milestones, I call them. Where you acknowledging your own shit. You going to therapy, you going to support groups, you going to the classes, you going to the coaching sessions. You are committed. Right? So we hitting those milestones and yeah, we bumping our heads along the way. You know, people don't know that we curled up in the bed crying in the middle of the night because we try to figure out how can I really do this? Am I really doing this? Am I really making these changes? Everybody's upset with me. But by the morning time, we didn't wipe tears, put on our favorite, you know, skin cream. Makeup, if we if you wear it, or you know cologne and um you know and and uh I don't know what men wear <laughs> shaving cream. You know if you a guy, you didn't do that on your face and you out the door and you smiling, and you on to the next. Whereas for them, they do the same thing, 
but it's with a lot of anxiety that they don't mask as well as we do. We the type of people, we have anxiety, but we pull through that shit because we know we got to do this. And that guess where that comes from? That resiliency within you comes from the same place that broke you. That comes from a parent that was not reliable. Whether they weren't reliable emotionally, maybe they weren't reliable physically. I don't know in what form they weren't reliable to you. But because that parent was not reliable before you even could remember, you said, I got to figure out a way to do this by myself because this ain't going to happen. This is not going to happen. Relying on this parent is not going to happen. Some of us were told by our parents that they weren't going to help us. Some of us were verbally abused and we said, okay, this is what it is. And so we on two different tracks. That's the story that I'm trying to paint for you. We on two different tracks here. So that's why you are not a dependent. You either a codependent or a dependent. Yes, we have same qualities, but the inner self is singing a, a completely different tune. For us, the tune is, I'm scared as shit, but I got to do this. I have to figure it out. It's codependent. Dependent is, I'm scared as shit. I don't know what to do. I need to find people to support me because I, I can't do it by myself. You see that? It's two different tracks. This is why the connection seems so endearing and real. Because they out here struggling. We out here struggling. But what we don't know is they got a whole different feeling and thought process about themselves that's telling them they can't do nothing without us. And we over here like, yeah, I'm going to help you. Of course I'm going to help you. And then we overhelp. And then we get resentful. And then once you start on your healing journey and you're starting to put yourself together and figure it out yourself, you're looking at them like, okay, this is X amount of time I got. <laughs> right? Tell me if I'm lying. I know you be thinking that because I think that. I'll be like, all right, here we go. Now, you know, I love you and care about you, but girl, <laughs> you got about, you know, this, this amount of time. And after that, I got to go. And so that's the reason why the friendships fall apart. Because we over here saying, I love you, but I need to limit the amount of time I spend with you. And for a person that's dependent, that's danger signs to them. Because they need us in order to survive. They need somebody in order to survive. These are the people that you hear about always getting in committees and clips and, you know, clicks of people. They need that. And listen, it's certain parts of that that there's nothing wrong. Because we all have different attachment styles. I've shared with you before. I am a fearful avoided attachment style. Okay. I love you, but I don't trust you. <laughs> so, you know, and, and as I'm journeying through getting to a secure attachment, I have to be mindful. For me, I have to make sure that I insert my friends and my family because I've grown too comfortable doing things alone. I don't ask for help. 
But there's no excuse really for the dependent person that's generally the anxious attachment style because you need to learn how to do stuff. It's one thing to ask for help, but it's a whole nother thing when you can't make moves in your life without help. That, that's a whole nother beast. And that's what that dependent person is. Ain't nothing wrong with having groups of people that you connected with and you feel loved. But when you can't do nothing by yourself, so you're not going to the restaurant that you love because nobody will go with you. So you're not going to apply for this job that you really want because nobody can help you with your resume. So you're not going to save up money to purchase a home because you're not in a relationship. So you're not going to do things that you love to do because somebody is not with you. Make it make sense. That's where that's where it's all messed up. And most dependent people, that's what they do. Don't nothing happen if they don't have somebody with them because they're scared. And we're scared, but we do it scared because we had to at one point. And that's a quality that I never, ever, ever want you to feel sorry. I don't never want you to beat yourself up for that because that is a skill set that's going to carry you through your healing journey. Because as you set boundaries with these toxic behavior type friends, you might, you just might be by yourself. The only person you may talk to every week is me on this podcast. And I'm speaking to you real right now. You may have to isolate yourself to the point where all you're doing is going to work or going to school, taking care of your kids. If you don't have kids, you going home and you eating your dinner and you watching TV and you listening to this podcast and other podcasts that you like. That may be where you see yourself. And when you see yourself there, it's okay. Congratulations. Know that you have made it on a milestone of your healing because we need to let go of these people. Okay. I try my best not to call people toxic, but this behavior that they demonstrating got to go. It's like cancer. It's going to cut all through your healing journey. And before you know it, you're going to be regressing back to codependency ways. And you work too hard to get there. I know I have. I will be damned first. And y'all know I normally don't cuss. That's how serious I am. I will be damned first before I allow anybody to take me off this journey. I have never loved myself this much in my life. And I'm 40 years old. I'm sitting up here right now in my house with a scarf on my head. I just took me a nice hot bath with some tea sitting in my office. Okay. Looking at the amazing office I didn't put together for myself in my room. I converted my room into an office slash bedroom. I'm looking in front of this amazing bookshelf that I put together for myself. (laughs) okay and I'm feeling good good and I want you to feel that way too we have to find a way to be okay with people leaving these are red you gotta you gotta see the red flags y'all 
we feel, I mean, I have empathy. I have empathy for these people in life, okay? I love you even if I don't know you. But if you are somebody that can't do nothing without nobody else, I wish you the best of luck, but you ain't going to be able to ride these coattails. In this friendship, you got to come with your half. Now, it's going to be times where I got 80 and you got 20, or I got 80 or I got 70 and you got 30. But if that's how we showing up all the time, it's a problem. This person should be able to listen to you. This person should be able to support you. This person should respect your boundaries. You should not feel like you don't want to have nothing to do with this person. That's not a friendship no more. And, you know, some people say, well, put the friendship on pause. The person may come back. You could do that. But don't for me. And and you could take you could take this and and you know uh, t- twerk it into your own, okay? Tweak it, tweak it into your own. For me, if I got to hit the pause, I'll hit the pause button, no problem. But guess what? I'm moving forward. So now, if I didn't already went 20, 30 miles, I'm not coming back them 20, 30 miles to get you because you're ready to be my friend. You need to catch up. And if you can't catch up, then it was great seeing you. Your chapter in my life must have end, must have ended at mile fifteen, cause I'm on mile thirty now, and baby, I ain't coming back. <laughs> I ain't coming back. With tears in my eyes, I will keep walking, trusting that God got friends on mile forty. That's gonna make me forget all about. The toxic shit that I went through on with your ass on mile 15. That's me. I want you to come up with your own. But listen, I wanted to give you the breakdown. Okay. As you can see, I, I'm I'm still activated, <laughs> you know. So I'm gonna have to stop talking. But when the person, Lakeisha, asked me to do the episode. I want to do it because I felt like, for one thing, I want to do things that you guys really want to talk about. That's number one. And then for number two, I feel like a lot of you have either in a coaching session or me, you know, seeing you in person have shared that this is really a dilemma, you know, trying to figure out what to do. So I wanted to give you a breakdown of why you in this situation from the beginning. So I hope that I did that for you. Know that I love you. I care about you. And I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. And if you have something you want to talk about, please make sure. I'm TJ Self Care on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, um, and YouTube. You know, um, I don't think I got message box on YouTube, though. But I'm TJ Self Care on all platforms. Or you can... Send me an email, T-A-N-E-S-H-I-A at TJSelfCare.com. So I will see you in the next episode, and I'll talk to you later. Bye.